Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, babies, if you want a little extra bonus content from us, you can head on over to patreon.com slash total reboot and for just five bucks a month you get access to an entire new spin-off podcast from me and cameron called total reboot riffs where we pitch our ideas for what we think the classic films of cinema should be remade as and also we've just started a new thing called the mike myers commentary collection where we'll be watching mike myers films and recording commentaries for them live the first one is out right now. It's for Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery. So if you want to hear those, you can head on over to patreon.com slash totalreboot and sign on up. Also, if you want to hear us and see us do a commentary for a movie live, you can see us do just that on August 10th. That's a Friday night at 9pm in Sydney at the Golden Age Cinema. We will be doing a new event that I'm hosting and running called Comedians Talk Over Movies, where it does just what it sounds like. It's going to be me and other comedians talking over movies. The first one is me and Cameron and our friend Jenna Owen from Freudian Nip, who's been on this podcast, talking over the movie Twilight. It's going to be so fun. I cannot wait to do it. I'm so excited to be hosting this event. It is at the Golden Age Cinema, Friday, August 10th. You can buy tickets at ourgoldenage.com.au and the ticket's uh, in the show notes right now, so head on over. Hey, babies. Before we start the show, I just wanted to quickly say I'm doing a one-off encore performance of my stand-up show, Chilled Out, Fired Up, in Sydney on the 20th of August. That's the show that I was touring around earlier in the year. I'm doing one more show of it at the Enmore Theatre Comedy Club because I'm recording a comedy album. And I would love you to come because I goddamn love comedy albums. And most important ingredient of a comedy album is the fucking audience, which would be you. You can Google it or it's in the show notes right now. So you can just look at it on your phone that you're holding and use the promo code. Yeah, baby, to get cheaper tickets for you. So that's yeah, baby, all one word, cheaper tickets. Love you to come. Bye bye. It's my check. It's my check. Hola, horny babies, and welcome to Mike Check, the only podcast in known existence to go through the films of Mike Myers and also to go through the films of SNL and its notable alumni. I am Cameron James, and I'm sitting across my hermano, 
Alexi Toliopoulos, how are you? Buongiorno, Cameron James. <laughs> how are you today? Very well, thank you. What accent's this? <laughs> it's generic foreign accent. Okay, I'm obsessed with foreign it accents. It slips around Ireland, slips around the Mediterranean, slips around the Caribbean. It's everywhere, yeah. darling. You're slipping and sliding all over that globe. Oh, there, God, buddy. that's me. I'm a freaking globe slider. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch the show Sliders? Oh, no, but I ate the meal. <laughs> <laughs> well, the meal was better than the show, but uh, the meal had no Jerry O'Connell in it, I'll tell you that. Well, not the sliders that I ate. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's some Jerry O'Connell sliders. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's made from his old old fat from Stand By Me. <laughs> Great. Great stuff. Great stuff. I love having a riff, Cameron, and you're one of the best riffers in the game. Uh, you say. are trumping me at the riff right now. I feel like I'm caught in a riff tide. <laughs> I'm signaling to the lifeguards on shore and they're saying, go with it. Don't Just fight Just go it. with the flow. Cameron, <laughs> what flow are we going with today? Today we're going to go with a, a, a brand new flow. Bro, you know? <laughs> yeah, I've started really getting into hip hop lately. Yeah. You um, love the stuff. Loving it. Loving it really sick. It's yeah. the coolest shit out there at the moment. <laughs> uh, it's one of the most exciting genres of music coming out right now. Absolutely. Coming out of the east and west coast of the United States. <laughs> now, which coast do you align yourself with, east or west? Um, I would have to go with the beast coast. <laughs> Where's that down south? That's the, that's the down south. <laughs> <laughs> the down south where all the dirty rappers down are from. Down in the dirty south. Yeah, Rick Ross. Yeah, me. And any, anyone that's legit upsetting criminals. That's How about Outcast? They're outcast, from the dirty south. Yeah, Atlanta. And they're beautiful boys. They, one wh- of them is even a big boy. <laughs> yeah. One of them. And the other one's a freaking outcast. One of them is goddamn out, ice <laughs> yeah, cold. That yeah. guy. Yeah, man, I love rap. Uh, but more than rap, I love comedy. Yeah. Obsessed with this stuff. I mean, it's funny, it's sexy. It's definitely cool as well. It certainly is. We've just wrapped up a three-episode arc on Chevy. Uh-huh. And uh, last week, uh, we had a special episode, which you took care of yourself. I took care of it. <laughs> like Soprano I... style, you took care of it. I TCOB. I took care of business. <laughs> and also, MYOB. Can you mind yours? <laughs> okay. Mind your own beeswax. Um, <laughs> but we're about to start a new three-episode arc or so right now. A brand new mm-hmm. SNL alum. This guy burst right out of the gates at a young age and became an international global superstar, the likes of which had never been seen. I think this might be the most notable alumni. Yeah, probably. Definitely. Well, I mean, there's probably been people in in recent years that have come close or mm. maybe have eclipsed his star in I don't many know. ways. Eclipse is something I can't stand. How about Will Ferrell? I would say Will Ferrell. I don't think he has eclipsed him. I think there's no one quite like the guy we're talking about for the next three episodes, Mr. Eddie Murphy. Mr. Edward Murphy. Of course, the owner and proprietor of the Murphy Group. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, this isn't going to be a brand new podcast. It's called Murphy's Floor. Mm-hmm. We're going to be looking through the films of Eddie Murphy, trying to figure out where he went wrong. Yeah, and where he went right. Yeah, most of the time we're going to be talking about where he went right because mm-hmm. right now we are in the the glory days of Eddie Murphy. So we're going to be digging into his early days, the 80s, where he came out like a freaking bat out of hell. Oh, <laughs> 
I love that expression. <laughs> it's just such a it's a fascinating expression because <laughs> bats are not known for dwelling in the underground. Let me tell you something about bats. When I think of bats and their locations, mm. I think of trees. Yeah, I think of Africa, deepest, yes. darkest Africa. <laughs> I think <laughs> like the Phantom. I think of. Jumanji. Jumanji. Yeah. I think of bats in Jumanji leaving their guano all over the ground. Guano. Love the stuff. <laughs> Can't get enough of the stuff. Yeah. Their bats are fascinating creatures. And to imagine, so imagine a bat one flapping... actually down there in hell. For a bat flapping out of hell, that's quite the image. Because I think, first of all, was that bat sent to hell for being bad on earth? <laughs> was a bat like sucking on people's bloods? Was it a vampire bat? But to imagine, to transplant my expression, so in case people at home are going like, what does Eddie Murphy have to do with bats and hell? Yeah. Well, this is, it's an allegorical thing. Yeah. Say SNL is hell. SNL, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> and Eddie Murphy is a bat flapping out yeah. of there. Yeah, yeah. He can't wait to get out. He's going to flap out of hell and he's going to have quite the flap out there. I mean, he's going up to heaven. Probably. He's flapping out of hell, straight up to heaven, a.k.a. Hollywood. Hollywood. Which is how the expression, if you will. That's the yeah, heaven. <laughs> and, that's, and that's how the expression finishes. I love you, we don't mm. know. Yeah. Flapping out like, like a bat out of hell on its way up to heaven. Yeah, that's the expression. That People don't know that. It's an old Irish thing. You know a lot of allegories. I'm one of the most allegorical guys since Homer. Simpson, that is. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite comedians. Yeah, I'm obsessed with Homer Simpson. I'm obsessed with allegories, but more importantly, You're obsessed with Al Gore. I'm obsessed with Al Gore. Um, I don't believe any of the things he said but necessarily. He's undeniably funny. He's a funny guy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't believe in global warming. How yeah. do you, what do you think about? Well, it? Well, I'm a globe slider, so of yeah. course I believe in it. You believe in it. It's yeah. easier to slide around when it's wet out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it's dry, and I'm not just talking about the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Although my bedroom is notoriously dry, Cameron is from a dead a dead bedroom. Yeah, <laughs> what does that mean? It means that the bedroom has no life in it at no, the that's moment. That's true. I've, jeez, uh, oh, I've been praying <laughs> and begging for some action in there, but it's just not to be. It's not to be. I can't wait to get one a little bit late, like a fap out of hell. Yeah, that's Cameron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another one of your famous allegories. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we dive into Murphy's Floor, I believe we need to check in mm-hmm. on one of our most famous and hilarious segments. <laughs> yeah. I'm, of course, talking about Brecken Meyer News. Now, Cameron correctly said Breaking Meyer's News. No, I inc- no, I correctly <laughs> said Brecken Meyer News. <laughs> okay. I prepared for Brecken Meyer News. So, Brecken Meyer, if you're not familiar with Brecken Meyer, he's a wonderful actor from stuff like, um, I think he's in Scream 2? Nope. Scream 3? None of the screams. He's not Jamie Kennedy? <laughs> It's not Jamie He's not Jamie Kennedy. Kennedy. Okay, he's, he's from, from you know him from Clueless. You know him from Clueless. We you know, know him from 54. Road Trip. You know yeah. him from Robot Chicken and yeah. all the Robot Chook uh, properties. You know him from Rats Race. You know him from Rats Race Big Time with John Lovitz, one of the best dudes. <laughs> That's one of my favorite movies. Rats Race Big Time with John Lovitz is one of the best movies of all time. <laughs> okay, so Brecken Meyer News. What's this cunt been up to? Let's check it out. <laughs> Checking on Brecken. <laughs> Checking on Brecken right now. Turns out Ryan Philippe, or Philippe, how do yep. you say it? I say Philippe. 
Really? Okay. Yeah. Ryan, I'm going to go with Philippe. Ryan Philippe and Brecken Meyer went out for dinner in wow, New York City. Wow, reunion. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Wow. If uh, only Mike was there trying to get everyone to suck them off, it would be yeah. a real 54 reunion. That would be really cool. Oh, no, sorry. They went out in West Hollywood, California. Okay, we hope. For a wonderful, wonderful dinner. Um, Ryan kept it casual in a white t-shirt, light grey button-up, black jacket, and dark red high-top sneakers. Well, I can't see a photo of this, but that's quite the look. I'm going to give it a two. Wait till you get to the accessories. He accessorized with a black baseball cap and black rimmed glasses. Wow. Doesn't say what Breckenmire wore. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a photo of him? Yeah, there's a photo of him. Describe it. He's wearing... Okay. I'll do my best to describe what he's wearing. He's wearing a... Bottle green colored linen shirt. Wow, beautiful. With a white v neck undershirt okay. underneath it. through the. V neck is a little old school, but so is Brecken. I'll give him the pass. <laughs> and uh, what looks to be a black uh, leather jacket, perhaps. Oh, over the top. okay. And what color pants? No pants in this photo. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> no, no pants. Wait. Second. Yeah. Is that notable? Yeah. That's what you should have led with. Breckenmire's yeah, yeah, yeah. dick, dick nude. I'm having a good old look at his hog, and uh, <laughs> let me review this hog. I mean, it's thick at the base where it should be. It's made out of plasticine, <laughs> like robot chicken. It tapers off at the end. Okay, it's actually uh, <laughs> looks like a witch's hat. He's got a little witch's hat situation going on down there. If he laid on the street and poked that thing right up in the sky, he'd I mean, stop traffic. He'd stop traffic. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, this is cool stuff. So it's great to know that he's got a beautiful penis and uh, <laughs> and that it's conical in shape as and, God intended. And it's great that he's still mates with Ryan Philippa, his co-star alongside Mike Myers and Selma Hayek in Fifty Four. Speaking of Mike Myers, let's move on to Breaking Myers news. We've got a couple of Breaking Mike Myers news stories. One of them, Mike Myers' cameo in Bohemian Rhapsody is exactly what you'd expect it to be. Uh, He, of course, is playing EMI executive Ray Foster. Okay, that's not exactly what I would have expected it to Mm, be. I was expecting Austin Powers or something. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Yeah. When I hear Mike Myers, that's the first thing that comes to mind. It's like, wow, exactly what I expected to be. They're putting Shrek in a live action movie finally? (laughs) Okay, I expect it. He's playing some freaking executive. Mm. Okay. That's not part of his MO, his modus operandi. <laughs> he doesn't play execs. He's no. not known for playing execs. <laughs> the guy has never played a freaking exec in his life. He's not a suit. Okay. He's not a square. He's one of the freaks. He's one, he's of, one the freaks. of the outcasts. He's exactly. one of the comedy demons. Blessed be. He rattles around the globe and uh-huh. he slops and slides all over that globe. The closest he's ever played by playing a suit is freaking Dr. Evil and the yeah. guy doesn't even wear a suit. He wears a tunic of some kind. <laughs> he lives in a freaking volcano. Shaped like his head. Shaped like Breckenmeyer's dick. <laughs> Conical shapes. <laughs> With an imprint of Mike Meyer's head in it. <laughs> okay, well that's alright. Any other Breaking Myers news? No, in? that's it. Gong what? show's happening. That's as well. We have not watched them. <laughs> we were going to watch it. the premiere. We didn't do it. We're just going to binge them all in one go. We've yeah. decided. Um, we're going to do a GoFundMe for you for you guys to <laughs> let us watch uh, go the Gong Show live in one recording. I think that would be a wild and crazy idea, like Steve for Martin a style. Of, <laughs> a couple of wild and crazy guys, <laughs> Steve Martin and Dan Aykroyd style. Wow! If we uh, if we watched all of them in one go and then yep. did a live podcast for the finale, yeah, would that be funny? No. 
Um, <laughs> rather not. Rather just do it. Rather it just do funny. it. I don't want to do any planning around it. I just want to do it. No, I reckon we still. I don't like want to plan around the because gong then show. we get to celebrate the winners, and that's the main thing. The winners of the gong show. Yeah, dude. Honestly, I couldn't give a fuck about the winners of the gong show. They win like dude, forty bucks. I care. I want oh that snake guy back. No, I don't want the snake guy back. He does come back, by the way. I know. I saw the teaser. I saw the teaser too. I have some Breaking Myers news. Uh-huh. I met someone yep. who has met Mike Myers. Wait a second, whom? You. I didn't meet Mike Myers. You met someone who... Met someone who met, met so- Mike Myers. So I've met someone yeah. who has met someone who's met Mike Myers. Yeah. What was that like meeting someone who has met Mike Myers? It was Patrick Bristow. Patrick Bristow from the about. last episode of Mike Check. It was one of the most fascinating experiences of my entire life. Now, first of all, compliment alert. Great podcast, man. Thank you so much. You did very well. The questions were great. Mm-hmm. You held your own. Hearing you riff with that guy, I thought, okay, this guy could be in... The movies. I could have been in the picture. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, it was. I, I was genuinely very nervous. Really. And obviously, I've met famous people before in my life. I've met people, name them. Um, <laughs> met George Clooney. <laughs> met, met Brad Pitt, Topher Grace, all the cast of Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> I met them all. They they robbed my house. What the fuck? <laughs> they were making Ocean's. They were making Ocean's fourteen. It didn't get released. It never came out. It was directed by Johnny Knoxville. It was a jackass vid where the <laughs> cast of Oceans robbed my house. Oh my God, dude. I would vote funny on that shit. Oh God. It was not funny. I'll tell you. Would Honestly, you vote die? I would vote die. Those guys betrayed me. I had, I'm had. i a fan of them. They all they betrayed me. So Topher Grace joined the crew in this yeah. new one? About freaking time. I know. I mean, I was like, uh, I said, this does suck for me. I acknowledge that. But I also want to acknowledge that it's wonderful that Topher Grace has become a full-fledged member of the crew. <laughs> cool. Maybe he's, was he replacing Casey Affleck? Um, Casey Affleck out. Topher Grace in. Bernie Mac out. <laughs> Sadly, they who, couldn't help it. Who got in? They put Andy Garcia in. They're like, we're going to keep it in the family. <laughs> yeah, get Andy yeah, Garcia. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I did meet Andy Garcia as well. Which is I fabulous. love him. He's a hottie in yeah. that new movie with Diane. Book club, Keaton. maybe. Just, yeah. Honestly, that should be the news. I just got invited to the book club media screening. <laughs> I'm so excited to go. Did you? I saw a Vulture article the other day that was like, prepare for the summer of your thirst for Andy Garcia. Yeah. There's talk out there about him being a hunk again. Boys in Mamma Mia, here we go again. Yeah, Mamma Mia and shit. That's awesome. Anyway, so I met um <laughs> I You met, met Patrick, Patrick Bristow, Bristow who's we, not in Mamma Mia. He's not, not in Mamma Mia. Uh, but he's but been he's in, in so many of the movies so that you love. Things. And that was what kind of um made me like genuinely nervous and a bit starstruck. Mm. Was because it was uh, like, you know, y- in working in comedy, you get to meet a lot of people that you idolize and yeah. idolize for your whole life. But this was just like, this was like almost magic to go like, I've, this is someone that I've seen their face in everything that I've ever loved. Yeah. Like Kirby Enthusiasm. Oh yeah. Uh, Seinfeld. Seinfeld. The wig master from Seinfeld. Exactly. We talked about that for Joseph a second. Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Yeah. So, so it was just funny. exciting. And it was just, and I was nervous because you weren't there as well. Mm. So I so bet sorry, then, man. that's okay. You had to do your thing. I had to do my thing. I was shitting in a port <laughs> In Byron Bay. Yeah. But it went, I think it went well, and I was, exci- I was very excited by it. Mm. Well, you did a great job. I thought it was a very good interview. I loved every second of it. Uh-huh. I listened to it at the gym. Wow. So you're working out. I was sweating, and I was listening to your voice. Turning up those glutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was great. Good job. I particularly liked how you talked about his entire career. I was really worried. I was like, God, I really hope this guy... 
just doesn't think we've got him on just to talk about Mike Myers. But his whole career is fascinating, so it was oh, cool yeah. to hear all that. And also, he was more than willing to talk about his experiences on those yeah. two movies, which was great. I think he was excited to talk about them because they would have been like genuine, like fun highlights of the career. Yeah, totally. Because it was creative for him. It was working with Mike. It seemed like yeah. he had a lot of love for. The Axe Murderer stories were my favorite yeah. ones, to be honest. He, he got a lot of free reign with that character and yeah. then none of it really made the cut yeah. for time. But, but that he was just cool. Knew, he knew that. He was yeah. just like, I can have fun with it. So that yeah. was exciting. It was really cool. Thanks, man. It was It was really cool to do. Um, and you know, I had my own shit going on as well. I was yeah. freezing cold in a tent. Um, I didn't shit for two days and then I did a really big one on the third. <laughs> awesome, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was in Splendor in the Grass, by the way, for anyone wow. listening, doing comedy. I actually met some horny babies doing there. Doing comedy, doing shits. Doing comedy, come true. <laughs> doing shits, doing acid. Wow. I had a great time. You did acid? Yeah, dude. Is that why your shit turned weird? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, I guess we'll never know. And speaking of shit turning weird, let's talk about Eddie Murphy and his career. Yeah. We're gonna, so this is exciting because we've done one episode already about Murphy's mm. Floor. We talked about his mm. uh, best of SNL DVD. Yeah. Which is pretty stellar. It's pretty, it's pretty stellar. It's pretty phenomenal. He's clearly a talent. Mm. But now we are getting to the point where he bursts out of the TV like a bat out of hell mm-hmm. and flies under the silver screen. Which is heaven. Yeah. <laughs> TV is hell. Movies is heaven. Movies is heaven. Um, which is what I want on my gravestone when I die. <laughs> movies is heaven. And today we're going to be talking about 48 hours. Let's dive the frick into it. They couldn't like each other less. They couldn't need each other more. You want to bet? And if they can get off each other's case. Look at you, you got a $500 suit on, you're still a low life. Yeah, but I look good. They just might solve this one. Being a cop is a hard job, Jack. Nick Nolte, Eddie Murphy. We ain't brothers, we ain't partners, and we ain't friends. Now, if Dan gets away with my money, you're going to be sorry you ever met me. I'm already sorry. <laughs> 48 Hours. 48 Hours, 1982, directed by Walter Hill. One cop, one con, no mercy. Wow. A hard-nosed cop reluctantly teams up with a wise, kraken criminal temporarily paroled to him in order to track down a killer. 48 Hours stars Nick Nolte and young Edward Murphy. Oh. This is the first time you've seen this movie. I'd never seen this movie before in my gosh dang life. Yeah. Uh, what an absolute treat it was to see. I Because it's as someone who like me, who's a, a film historian and a comedy historian, sure. first and foremost in my life, then third bat out of hell. Those are, those are how I'd categorize myself. Uh, I, it was fascinating to see because... Uh, this pretty much is the first like genuine buddy cop film where mm. two disparate partners are put together mm. to solve one mission, really. And I think the 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 um, the contrast between Nick Nolte as like this fucking gr- disgusting but hard nosed grubby cop mm. and Eddie Murphy as this like beautiful con man who has like the or like just a convict really. I don't even. He's just yeah. like he's just got this sass and this this sweetness mm. and this charm about him that is astounding in this film. And for him to have been only twenty one years of age, yeah. and to give a performance of this quality, this level of humor, this level of naturalism and nuance at that young of an age, 
is just it astounded me. It floored me. Let's talk about uh, his age here now. 21 years old. What were you doing when you were 21 years old? 21 years old, I was working in a bridal shop in Flushing, Queens. (laughs) Really? No, no, no. I was working as a production assistant at the Disney Channel. Really? That was what I was doing when I was 21 years old. Wow. Um, Who'd you meet? Any stylists? I met um, a friend of yours, Marty Smiley, was working. Oh, really? Was a a host there at the time that I worked with. Of course, Marty Smiley from The Feed and Channel V and from Our Lives. Yes, a friend of ours. (laughs) I worked with him there. So you were just... Run around set. Yeah. Getting coffees for people. Getting coffees, painting stuff. Clapping you know. the clapper sometimes. No, I didn't even do that. You never touched I the hate, clapper. I hate the clapper. I hate to go near the clapper. Are you scared of the clapper? I'm afraid of the slate. I'm afraid of the slate. It scares me. Yeah. Uh, Are you scared I... you're going to get your fingers caught in there? Oh, yeah. I try to put my tongue in it every time. I can't <laughs> help it. I sort of feel it snap on my tongue. What were you doing when you were 21? <laughs> 21. I would have been still living in Newcastle, New yeah. South Wales, the glory state. Uh... <laughs> God's country. Um, I would have been playing music in yeah. bands and I what would I have been doing for work? I think I had a job at you had a way more of a show busy job than me. I had a job just as a bartender at a racetrack. Wow. And um, No, that's the real showbiz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the horses. Yeah. It was the bar the bar that I worked in was right on the finish line. So I got to watch those horses get whipped and Rode Whoa. all the way to the finish line, and it made me detest the sport it of horse sounds racing. Sounds like it really shaped your entire life <laughs> and everything you're interested in yeah, these days made, in weird ways. Made me freaking hate horse racing yeah. so much, and it's rich like, people. I think what would make this better is if I replaced every horse out there. Yeah, I used to say that. I'd <laughs> yeah. be like, I should be the one running around that track. <laughs> All eyes on me. Yeah. And then I win and I freaking uh, treat myself to a fresh bale of hay. Yeah. And all the mares that one could dream about. Oh, I'd love a mare. Is a mare... <laughs> a mare's the women horses? I think so. Awesome. What's the man horse called? A horse or a stallion? Stallion. Yeah. Hell yeah. I love that shit. A Newcastle stallion. Well... Eddie Murphy, at 21 years old, was Was making a Hollywood feature film. And he was quite a stallion. And becoming a a big stallion Mm -hmm. bursting out of the frigging TV world. It's wild to me that he's 21. Because I think we've known Eddie Murphy for our whole lives. When Mm -hmm. we were kids, we had his face on our frigging screens and Dr. Doolittle and the Nutty Professor and stuff like that. Daddy Daycare. When you even look at him in this, he doesn't look 21. He looks older than most 21-year-olds are. He looks like a a grown-ass man. Yeah. He has the presence of a grown-ass man. The confidence. When I was 21, there's no way I could have had anywhere near as much. I didn't even speak out loud beyond a wisp until I was 23 years of age. (laughs) I did not. I was a whisperer until then. I thought better be, better not be heard. Wow. Better lurk in the background. Well, thank goodness no one told Eddie that, or we might not have this guy. Exactly. It's crazy to me. He was nineteen when he got on SNL. Yeah. Which we've already talked about in the past. Twenty-one when this came out, and as we've also already talked about, this movie uh, came out while he was still a cast member, yeah. and it was a huge hit. So much so that he ended up hosting. SNL while he was still mm. a cast member on SNL. And that was because Nick Nolte was yeah. to be the host on that night, who is the other star of this film, sure. the other lead. He tragically 
got sick. Allegedly. Sadly, sadly Nick Nolte was sick. Can you night. imagine Nick Nolte on SNL? No, I don't want to. It'd be so scary <laughs> to see that fucking live. I can't imagine him. Yeah, just uh, live from New York. It's Saturday night. You know, that's not cool. He's like one of the scariest guys in the world. not funny. No. He's not funny. Can I Nick say Nolte's that? Nick Nolte's not a funny guy. He's not funny. Mm. He's... Uh, watching this movie, I thought, you don't... More cowbell. <laughs> Play more. Put more cowbell on that song. <laughs> He's not funny. He's got the scariest voice. He's got the scariest voice. His physicality is crazy. He looks like if someone melted, um, <laughs> someone <laughs> melted lurch from the Adam's family, yeah, yeah, and then chucked a little bit more hair at him. He's not even. I don't know how to describe this freaking guy. Like when you see buddy cop movies now, mm. usually there's the funny one, yeah. right? But then the other guy is like a little bit funny. Yeah, he's a straight man. Like you got like. The straight man at least gets a few freaking laughs in there. <laughs> I mean, he has some funny he has lines some fun in shit this, going on. But he's this in, movie, yeah. Nick Nolte is in a drama. Yeah, he but he has some funny does lines. He, what does he say? I it's don't funny. think I laughed. No, but he just not. like has he punches people and looks awesome. Because yeah. he's like a street fighter in this movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's so he's so Nick Nolte can only play down and out. I think I yeah, true. Nick Nolte's headshot is his mugshot. <laughs> <laughs> Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You know, maybe this role I could picture going to, say, a Kurt Russell mm. or a Jeff Bridges. Yeah. That's the sort of vibe that I would... If yeah. I were casting this movie. Yeah. Um, not Nick Nolte. I don't like him. You don't like Nick Nolte? No, I did like him in this. No, I don't like I, him. I had never seen this movie before. You'd seen it at least once or twice before. I've seen it once, yeah. I genuinely loved this film. I had so much fun with it, but it was mainly seeing Eddie Murphy. I think that's I, it. I liked it even before he came into it because the movie is a very hard, dirty, gritty kind of crime movie. It's mm. a gr- very grimy movie, very mm. violent, um, kind of like your classic. I mean, it's a Walter Hill film. Walter yeah. Hill did The Warriors, a bunch of stuff yeah, like that. It's like an Eastwood, a Clint Eastwood movie. Yeah. 
so it's starting out in that kind of dirty Harry world. We're yeah. seeing uh, we're seeing a, like a chain gang mm-hmm. uh, out on the road getting uh, like with uh, whatever they do, chain gang build the roads, break rocks. I don't I have no idea what a chain gang does. Yeah, hey, I had a job for a bunch of years. It was breaking rocks. <laughs> Can I put that on my freaking CV, <laughs> on please? My CV, please. Yeah, I'm applying for a job at JB Hi-Fi. What's your previous experience? <laughs> I used to. Smash up rocks. I had a freaking, I had a freaking, a little hammer that would bust rocks on the other side of the yeah. road. I was chained to other blokes who had done naughty things. I'm not going to say where this took place, mm-hmm. but I think you can freaking tell. And James Remar plays one of those guys who is yeah. one the one of those great character actors that, mm-hmm. of course, is in this film. Yeah, of course. And Every get, character actor is in this movie. He gets busted out by another <clears throat> character actor who I can't remember, and then uh, they shoot up, they shoot up all the freaking guards and stuff. Yeah, it's so cool. It's a great opening opening scene. It yeah. f- fills it with a lot of tension yeah. and starts the action of this film very Made well. Made me jealous that I was never on a chain gang. You would have loved to be in the hot, hot sun oh, with all your mates. Just that camaraderie. <laughs> that you build You're all up. Together. You've got a common enemy, the man. The man. And the guy, and he walks along and he gives you a bit of water out of a tin cup mm. that he's scooping in a little barrel and... You know, maybe I crack wires at him or something, and he yeah. and he like you got to eat a thousand eggs. It's me with the butt of his gun. Yeah. I have to eat a thousand eggs. Eat a freaking thousand eggs, man. He puts me in shoe. Yeah, solitary. Yeah, and, in uh, the shoe. Yeah, and I fuck. I'm like, God damn it! I got to go to shoe, but I yeah. like it there. It's fun. I love to be alone with my thoughts. Yeah, and you it's look the safest cool. place for me sometimes. <laughs> when I when I go to prison, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna find the biggest guy there <laughs> yeah and i'm gonna walk right up to him i'm gonna suck his dick <laughs> <laughs> just i'm gonna go in the quadrangle in the giant oval area yeah. the common area just walk up to him waltz up to him hey mister <laughs> zip. <laughs> zip slurp and then everyone will know that you, i'm you're that not... I'm, you're, I'm everyone's bitch <laughs> And you get protected. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's like, finally. <laughs> finally, some freaking protection in my life. <laughs> Someone looking after me. That's what I want. Yeah. Okay, so that's the beginning of the movie. Then uh... <laughs> The beginning of the movie is Cameron James <laughs> sucking on a giant guy's knob. And then uh, those two dudes... I honestly can't remember the fucking setup of mm. this movie because I think the same experience I had this time as I did the first time watching it is... I was just waiting for Eddie Murphy to be on yeah. the screen. So those first 23, 24 minutes, I'm like very hazy on what the yeah. setup of this even is. The plot is. is not that intense. It's basically just like there are two crims out that are dangerous. Yeah. Uh, they're ready to kill. Yeah. And they, uh, they have no scruples whatsoever, <laughs> one might say. <laughs> These criminals have no scruples. Totally, they are scrupulous criminals. And uh, so Nick Nolte is assigned their thing. He kills their. He, they kill his partner. They yeah. kill his. Um, they kill the other people that came in with him. And he's a sole survivor, really. Right. From trying to bust. Did Jonathan these... Banks die? Yeah, he, was he gets his... shot. That sucks, dude. Um, tragically, we did lose Jonathan Banks. That sucks. Uh, he's so good. So then he goes. Uh, then he has to find someone who was once. Uh, cellmates with someone that knew these people. Right. And that right, is right. how we are introduced to Eddie Murphy. So he goes to jail and meets former cellmate of these crims, Eddie Murphy, a.k.a. Reggie Hammond. And I read that the character's name was originally not Reggie Hammond. It was Willie Bugs. Yeah. And Eddie Murphy said that's too much of a stereotypical <laughs> black name. It's too black. So, and he changed it. So I'm changing it to Reggie Hammond, which is also a very black name. Yeah. 
but very cool name. Yeah. One of my favorite African-American comedians, Daryl Hammond, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And Reggie uh, Reggie gets introduced in a way that I've I've opined on this a little bit before. I've had opined on this before. Um, He gets introduced in a way that I think is typical of how a comedy star becomes a comedy star, which is a musical introduction. Mm, Yeah. We meet Reggie sitting in the jail cell with his headphones on singing along really loudly and out of key to Roxanne by the police. Yep. And allegedly, according to stories about tests, test screenings for this movie and mm. stuff, audiences went freaking crazy. They from would have the been second, laughing. From the second that he was busting out with that freaking Roxanne, yeah. they were like, this guy's a star. And it's the same, the same thing happens to all sorts of people. Tom Cruise be- yep. became a star when he slid along in his undies. And One stuff. of the most famous comedians, Thomas Cruise Mathis. Yeah, another, so famous. another beautifully famous uh, comedian. Oh, this guy actually is. That's not ironic. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Jack Black's <laughs> yep. introduction in High Fidelity. Yeah. Yeah, it's all that shit, man. Yeah. This is cool. He gets introduced. <clears throat> people love it. Then he starts swearing straight away. He's yep. calling Nick Nolte honky and shit like yeah. that. Audiences are going wild for this shit. They can't believe it. Here's a young African-American man calling a white dude a honky, swearing in his face. It's the dream come true. A star is born. Yeah. He looks cool. He's wearing a suit. Uh, yeah, on. and he's just... he Honestly, he is astounding in this movie. Yeah. Uh, it just even not with his age. Even if you don't consider this guy's only 21 years of age... He is astounding in this movie because you think about Eddie Murphy at this time and he is such a modern comedian. Like you look at his career, it is a career that has more, it's, it is shaped, his early years are more shaped like what someone would mm. be like doing today, not someone in the early 1980s mm. because at, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, he's doing stand-up. He's also doing sketch comedy. Mm-hmm. His sketch and stand-up are both very, very modern. And yeah. apart from homophobia and stuff that kind of colors it, uh, which was more common back then and is not common now at all. And is, you know, obviously No one is homophobic now. <laughs> well, you know, it in wouldn't, 2018. It wouldn't be on TV. It wouldn't be... Someone like that probably couldn't become a mainstream beloved star like he yeah, was. Yeah, that's true. And I think... Uh, that would be the only mark that you would really put against him because otherwise his sketch and co- his sketch and stand up is so vibrant world and class. so world class and modern and mm. uh, nuanced with political and social commentary as well mm. uh, for the way that is astounding for someone young and you know we don't see in that era besides maybe like someone like Steve Martin, mm. you don't see anyone that is the top of the game on all of those fronts. That's true. Comedy and stand-up is like, you go, you're only a stand-up, you don't do sketch, mm. or you're only a sketch comedian or comedy actor. And then maybe you get into the movies. And But he did it all before he got into the movies. That's true. He's world-class. There's a f- gr- famous quote from Chris Rock who says, in the same year he saw... Eddie Murphy and an arena tour and Michael Jackson on an mm. arena tour and Eddie was better. Yeah. That's his quote. Well, I mean, he is the best. I just don't think there's anyone like him in the world. Like, you know, we obviously this podcast has been dedicated to Mike Myers for so long mm. and Mike Myers is always going to be my number one guy outside out of SNL. We love Mike Myers. He's the best. He's so funny. But Eddie Murphy is beyond that. He yeah. is 
just one of the great performers like Michael Jackson, like Elvis Presley, like Frank Sinatra. Can like, I say he something? He's in that canon of great Can I throw a name at you? Yeah. And feel free to pick this name up and put it in your pocket. Uh-huh. Childish Gambino. Yeah, I mean, it's the same as that. Because you look at Childish Gambino, you look at Donald Glover. Yeah. Uh, because same thing. Stand-up, sketch, yeah. bring it together, yeah. music. The guy does music. Eddie Murphy's music. Party all the time. Party all the time. Maybe not as good, but still but pretty still good. Great voice. <laughs> pretty good voice. Yeah. He sings and he stand up all the time. And for me, watching this movie, it's like you're seeing... The complete performer. Yeah. Because we know him from all these other things, mm-hmm. even before. Like, you know, I, I had that experience watching all his other films. But to see his first film for the first time <sighs> and seeing this this performance that is so, so rightfully a star-making mm. performance. Because you're seeing him do all of these things and then add naturalism over the top of it where yeah. he doesn't seem like he's uh, like a caricature in the film for a second. Mm. He, he feels real and natural in the film the whole time. It blew my fucking dick into the dirt. I picked it up, fed it to Cameron <laughs> because it was so yeah. good. I had to eat a thousand of them. I was working on the chain gang. <laughs> eat a thousand boiled dicks, okay? <laughs> so, there's uh, a, can we talk about that one scene? Which one? The country, the oh, country yeah, of in course. Western Now, that's Bar. the scene that uh, has gone down in history as being the scene that made him famous. Mm-hmm. Um, Roger Ebert, in fact, in the, the, his review for mm. 48 Hours says this is the exact moment that Eddie Murphy became a star. Yeah. Eddie has opined on it before. Yep. He's, do you know what he says about it? What? He says that uh, it's it worked because this is the first time potentially in history... And he's including exploitation movies here, mm-hmm. where a black character completely enters a white world yeah. and takes charge yeah. over that world. And I think he said, you know, in exploitation films, it was always like um, they'd come up against the man, but it yeah. would always be in the Bronx or yeah. the, uh, you know, uh, uh, in Harlem or something like yeah. that. But this is entering a southern bar yeah. as a black guy. And just fucking owning the fucking place. Yeah. You can imagine if you were, you know, a young person in the 80s watching this and you were African-American, you'd be like, holy shit, this guy's the coolest dude. You'd feel empowered by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the whole scene basically is they have to go to a bar to question people. It's a country and Western style bar. Yeah, they sing both kinds. Country and Western. Country and Western, basically. And everyone's a freaking hick. Everyone's a hillbilly, a redneck in the bar. And then Eddie Murphy is challenged by Nick Nolte Mm. to question the bartender and to question people. Yeah. But he's not, Eddie Murphy's not a cop in this film. He's a convict. He's a convict. He's someone that is on parole for 48 hours to help capture these criminals and solve this. The titular 48 hours. The 48 hours is about him. The clock's ticking, dude. (laughs) (laughs) The clock is ticking down and he's got a few things that he needs to do. He needs to TCOB and he needs to... Get get some. He's horny. He's horny. This is one of the hornier non-Mike Myers vehicles that we've talked about as well. Definitely. So he's in this bar. He's he's has to use. He uses Nick Nolte's uh, badge. Badge, and he's putting his hand over the (laughs) over the picture and Mm. stuff. And just seeing him take control of this bar, and the way he's. Like just the way he's doing it, because you're, Cameron, you're an actor. You've had a lot of experience acting and doing big scenes where you would have had to take control of the scene with mm. a lot of extras and a lot of players. 
I don't even think you could do this now at your age the way that he did it at 21. You know what so I mean? Confident. Like, can you imagine like having to bring it, that real confidence? Oh, for me, I watch it. I'm like, that looks like a lot of fun. Like as someone who, who likes to do that stuff, I'm like, man, that looks like, I don't know if I'd be able to do it as well as Eddie Murphy, obviously, but I do watch it and go, fucking hell, I would love to like pick up a glass and smash yeah. it against a wall, yeah. grab some extra by the hair and slam them into a pole. All that shit looks like so much fun. Yeah. To be 21 and doing that, you'd be like, man, this is the, I got the best job. This I so know, cool. but just, it feels real, right? Like It's very real. Ha- as an actor, can you talk to m- talk me through how you see that process of someone taking command of a scene that way? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued by it from a, watching a comedy actor yeah. do this, you know? Because I can see any dramatic like nick nolte doing it makes sense because physically the guy's huge yeah but eddie murphy's a smaller guy he's a younger guy a bit baby faced so i'm like how did he i was watching going how did he have so much um like physical presence Mm. in this scene and he does and he does um i don't know how the fuck real actors do it but i guess i read a little bit about that scene and um eddie murphy had a acting coach yeah on this movie who taught him a little a few little tricks and here's my my scoop on acting uh-huh. acting is all tricks really it's all lies i've heard acting is reacting mm, that's another one that okay. i've heard too for sure um acting is listening okay definitely. that sounds shit acting a long time is talking yeah <laughs> Who the fuck wants to listen? I mean, listening is what you guys are doing, listening to this podcast. Are you think If you think you're fucking acting right now because you're listening, <laughs> baby, let me tell you this. You ain't. If you're sitting on a bus right now and you're listening and you're thinking, I'm acting in a feature film right now, <laughs> you're sitting on a freaking bus. Honey, get off at the freaking... <laughs> Late nearest the cuckoo farm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> One needs to fly into the cuckoo's nest if I were you guys and you think you're freaking acting in a feature film right now. Because you're uh, not, honey, uh, let me tell you. When we were making our thing... Um, Wait, when we were making our we thing? Were, when we were making our project yes. recently, Becky and I were talking the whole time about how acting is just counting in your head and like... <laughs> For the next real line to me. <laughs> yeah, and uh, um, thinking about things that like you're not actually feeling. Like when you have to express sadness in your mm. face, you're like, oh, okay, what's... I'll just think about something that will make my face look sad, even yeah. though I'm not sad. Yeah. Um, I remember reading that James Gandolfini used to keep thumbtacks in his shoes. So whenever he needed to get really angry and upset as Tony Soprano, he would just let them dig into oh the holes of his feet. Oh my God, my anus just puckered. <laughs> my but hearing God. that shit, you're like, oh, okay, acting is literally just doing whatever it takes to make you look oh my good God. on camera. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Sopranos, here's a little connection for you. Yeah. Um, Eddie Murphy's acting coach on this movie was an actor called David Proval. Oh my god, David Proval, Richie Aprile from, from Sopranos, Sopranos, from um, from um, many movies such as Mean Streets, and also he played um, he played the Italian scary father in Everybody Loves Raymond <laughs> of Robert's girlfriends. I did too. Of Robert's girlfriend. He did too. Yeah. Yeah. I love him. I love Richie April. So apparently the advice... No, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's Richie. Yeah, he sorry. was Richie. I was thinking of Jackie. Uh, oh, yeah. God, no. Another one. Yeah. Oh, those two. Um, so apparently the advice that David Preval gave him was to imagine that you are Bruce Lee. So Eddie Murphy oh. has given interviews saying, 
whenever you see me being angry and intense and tough in this movie, I'm doing an impression of Bruce Lee. Wow. So he approached it like a comedy actor. Yeah. He just approached it as if he was doing an impression of somebody. Wow. Very cool. Very cool stuff. It, it, it struck me as a unique scene because it also reminded me of uh, In the Heat of the Night. You know, the, hmm. the scene with Sidney Poitier, uh, they call me Mr. Tibbs. It reminded me of that where he's taking charge in a place where he is totally an outsider amongst yeah. Hicks. And it had, it had notes of that in it. But then it was just like something else because it was funny and he was intimidating. And there was moments where he had them like to himself where he was like, had to like take that second and breathe and exhale mm. and be like, fuck, what am I doing? <laughs> and it was just like, that was just, it, to me, it was astounding acting. It's a great role. It's and a great uh, scene and a great movie. I want to do that for my monologue. Go travel back in time <laughs> to high school and do that. Instead of uh, the it's Alec Baldwin, Glenn, Gary, Glenn, Glenn Ross. Gary Glenn Ross monologue you did, yeah, it'd be great. Or just do more auditions, so I got a chance yeah. to do monologues. Which but, <laughs> never happens, by the way. I got to do. I had to go for an audition where they let me pick my own monologue. Wow, I picked something from Eastbound and Down. Yeah. Um. Hey. Um. You should record you doing the Alec Baldwin monologue from Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. And put it up for our Patreon subscribers. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll record it. I'll do that. I reckon you should. That would go off. Oh, Queen. man. That would be so funny. Slay. That would slay, dude. Just put it up there. You, for $5, <laughs> you can hear me read the monologue in character from Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. I would absolutely love that. That's great. Um, what's another thing I was going to uh, tell you about? Oh, I read that... Um, Eddie Murphy nearly got fired from this movie no way. during production. And it kind of makes sense when you when you think about it because watching it this time around, I think we put when we see a comedic actor on screen, mm-hmm. someone we know is a comedy legend, yeah. you project comedy onto them no matter what they're doing. Yeah. So I remember this movie as being a lot funnier than it actually is. Yeah. And it's not really a comedy. There's funny bits, really. Like Eddie gets some funny bits. But uh, it's really just a fucking cop movie. Yeah. Um, Eddie Murphy got nearly got fired because they wanted him to be funnier, and he wasn't wow. funny enough in this movie. And he's kind of not. I, I read an interview. Uh, sorry, I saw an interview with him on YouTube from just before it came out. Mm. It's with Entertainment Tonight or something like that. And um, he's really talking about how it's not funny. Yeah. In the whole interview, he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm not funny in this movie." Don't like come and expect to see a comedy. This is a serious movie. Yeah, uh, I do action scenes in it. I get like two or three funny lines, but I, it's not a comedy. Yeah, I wonder if they were at odds a little bit. Like Eddie wanted to be a dramatic actor. I think so because I think Eddie took himself very seriously. You can tell he took himself very seriously. Like you listen to his music, that's very sincere. Yeah. Um, and y- you look at everything that he was doing on SNL in this era as well, and like obviously it's super fucking funny. Mm. But he is not about the catchphrases. He is mm-hmm. about exploring characters. Mm. He is about exploring uh, <clears throat> like different aspects of African American culture and African American life. Mm. That is, you know, something that's very current and very modern to be exploring those things. And he was doing it like back then, where everything was like, um, you know, I want to feed your finger to the Wolverines <laughs> and stuff like that. You know, yeah. and just it, 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 he's just that astounding of a performer. He is just that. That comedic mind, and so, and not just comedic mind, but just a, a he's an Eddie Murphy's an artist, you know. Like he he he, he sure nowadays he, he hasn't produced much 
astounding art or astounding comedy. Mm. But he, he, this was his golden era. He was the golden child, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it feels to me like he uh, wanted to leave comedy behind. Mm. Especially with these early movies, because I mean, I guess this was his first feature film. Yeah. Then, then Trading, you know, places, Trading places right after he did, this. did a couple of comedies, but then yeah. Beverly Hills Cop is another action movie mm-hmm. that's got a little bit of funny shit in it. Well, not, he's not very much. funny in it, yeah, yeah. But I think it seems like from the get go, he wanted to establish to the world that he is not just a freaking sketch actor. Yeah, like he wanted to go, hey, look, I can be in action movies. Mm. I can be a leading man. I remember uh, also reading when Die Hard came out mm. that Bruce Willis is really campaigning for that role because for similar reasons. He wanted to yeah. prove to the world that he's not just the funny guy on, on, a, sitcom. on a sitcom. Yeah, He's like, no, 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 I, I want to do action movies. I think I read a quote from him where he said, if you can do an action movie early in your career, then audiences will buy you doing anything. Yeah, He's like, that's the big one to get people over the line with like to see an action. leading an action movie yeah but once you've done that people will go oh cool yeah he's an action star but he can he's also funny that's cool yeah and he can be in horror movies great awesome. exactly yeah. and you know that's the, those are two performers where i guess eddie murphy you just because most of his career is pretty broad and straight comedy you mm. do associate him with that but then he's always found success when he has kind of stepped out of that a little bit as well. You look later in his career, Dream Girls, Oscar nominated. Mm. This one, first film, uh, Golden Globe nomination, Best Supporting Actor. I kind of wish that he just did more action stuff, if I'm honest. I, well, I, go I, watch Tower Heist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe I will. Is that Brett Ratner? Yeah. Yeah, great. But he's... <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's always... A, it's always... It's not even a shame, but it's always... It's always exciting to go back and see these early films of Eddie Murphy and these big films and these beautiful and exciting films of him mm. and to just be just soak up his talent and just see this man working at the peak of his ability and then it's not it's not disheartening to see his output now or lack of output now but it's more disheartening to see people not recognize his talent yeah yeah well, there's a whole generation of people that grew up knowing him only as um, Norbert. Meet, meet Dave and Norbert, you know? <laughs> yeah, so they missed out on this shit. And I think we're, uh, we're, we're going to do some of his earlier movies for this next couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. But in the future, we are going to be diving into his later career. And I am not looking forward to it. Yeah. But I know it's necessary to look at the whole man. To see this man as the artist that he yeah. is. And the good Next week, we're going to be discussing Treading Places, which is the movie mm. that he made right after this. Another movie directed by John, John Landis, Landis, who has been the star of this podcast, apparently. This season, because yeah. in the 80s, like we said in our first run of episodes here, no one had a run and as big an influence on what American comedy was in the 1980s yeah. over John Landis. Because even Lorne Michaels wasn't even working on SNL at the time. Oh. Oh, yeah, he fucked off. He fucked off and Eddie Murphy kept it alive. Yeah, that's right. Um, Before we do leave, I have some news for you. Oh, my God, I'm scared. Have you heard that they are remaking 48 Hours? I have heard. Do you know who's behind this? Yes, I'm so excited. I think that this movie, because it is a movie that is just an established genre or a movie Mm. that established generic tropes, it's very remakeable. Definitely very remakeable. You just take the title, you can put anything into it. You can freaking 
But it's uh, it's allegedly being written and directed by the Safdie brothers. Yeah, who of did Good Time, my favorite movie, Good Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're great New York directors that are, are about to blow up, and I think this. And their next movie, Uncut Gems, are like kind of both in the works. And uh, co-written by Jared Carmichael, who's one of my favorite comedians. I think he's perfect to play the Eddie Murphy I role. I wonder and if also he will be. Flavor. At the moment, he's just attached as a writer, but I wonder if he'd be the uh, the Eddie stand-in. For he doesn't it. have to be, but I think his name on this makes me really excited. Yeah, he's and a, especially he's a, great a comic actor and comic writer like him, mm-hmm. and a great com- comedic mind, working with fucking the best director writers in the world right now. Mm. Man, that's exciting. Yeah, that would be cool. That's one of the only times that I hear of a remake or reboot and I'm genuinely excited for mm. it. And it's if very you hear us talk about reboots and remakes, you can head over to our other podcast, Total Reboot. <laughs> we talk about reboots, remakes and rip-offs in cinema. Um, so maybe we'll get to talk about this movie more in depth later on and not focus so much on Eddie Murphy and talk about Walter Hill's filmmaking one day. Maybe. God, I, I dream of that. I hope so because I think this was genuinely a very exciting movie. I think uh, I don't think I love this movie, but I love Eddie in this movie, mm. and it makes me excited to watch the other ones we're going to watch coming yeah. up. So that'll be cool. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Well, what a dream! What a scream that was! And what a team you and I make. Yeah, let's let's eat some cream. Okay, hang on a second. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing a prison style, baby. Uh, guys, thanks for joining us on another episode of Mike Check. If you like what you heard, give us five stars on iTunes and in your review. Leave us a name, title, and a concept of what you'd like our next super specific actor-based podcast to be. For example, you could have done Murphy's Floor, where we talk about the flaws of Eddie Murphy's career <laughs> and, of course, the beautiful things that he did make. Uh, next episode is going to be t- Trading Places. Yep. Uh, Cameron as well on August 10th you can see us both doing what we do best talking about movies while they're actually playing uh, I've, I've taken over hosting from our dear friends Reese Nicholson and Karen Wheatley uh Comedians, Comedians talking talk over movies at Golden Age Cinema. August 10th is our first one joined by our good friend Jenna Owen. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking over Twilight. That's going to be good. I've never seen that. It's going to be one of the funniest movies of all time, I'm sure. <laughs> but that's the first one. We're going to talk over Twilight. You can buy tickets. They're going to be in the show notes right now. So click on over, buy tickets, come hang out with us, yep. drink a few beers with us, watch a freaking movie with get us. Get freaking wasted. I'm going to get absolutely sloshed. I'm going to get plastered. Yeah, I'm obsessed with getting plastered. I'm obsessed with plaster. Me too. Yeah. And Cameron, <laughs> on August 20? August 20, I'm doing uh, an encore performance of my stand-up show, Chilled Out, Fired Up, at the Enmore Theatre. Not in the main room, in a smaller room. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And I'm recording it for a comedy album. I'd love you to come along. So you can find uh, a link for that in the show notes or online. And... If you want to get cheap tickets for being mm-hmm. a listener to this podcast as a very special guest, use the code YEAHBABY, all one word, in the uh, freaking uh, page. Or in the page, called. baby. Yeah, and you get some cheap tickets and maybe bring a friend and be a part of her story on my comedy album. And that's all in the show notes, guys. So we'll see you at all of those things and we love you. I Yeah. Can I say that? We, we, I love you. We love you. We love you guys. We're in love with you. Okay, now you're acting because you're you're feeling emotion. So that's acting. We are in love with you. And now you're acting. You're in a feature film right now. <laughs> it's my check. It's my check. The podcast. That my-